Welcome back to the Blue Falcon Theatre Company podcast, a podcast created by students from Mashpee Middle High School in Mashpee, Massachusetts. Since you can't come to the theatre, we decided we would bring the theatre to you. This holiday season, the Blue Falcon Theatre Company is reading A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. This episode will be Chapter 5, The End of It. Narrator is read by Grace Antis. Miss Cratchit is read by Hannah Fu. Man 1 in Business Man 1 by Micah Bellevue. Man 2 by Hadley Antis. Miss Dibber by Sydney Pinhack. Businessman 2, Woman and Laundress by Juliana Reynolds. Joe, Peter, Fred, and Bob Cratchit by William Henley. Bob Cratchit's Wife by Hannah Fu. And The Little Girl by Eve Mayen. And Scrooge is read by Zoe Squalia. Chapter 5. The End of It. The bedpost was his own, the bed was his own, the room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own, to make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. He had been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit, and his face was wet with tears. They are not torn down, cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down, rings and all. They are here. I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath and making a perfect lacoon of himself with his stockings. I am as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world. Hello here. Hello. He had frisked into a sitting room and was now standing there perfectly winded. There's the saucepan that the gruel was in cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas presents sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's true. It all happened. (laughs) Ready for a man who had been out of practice for many years, it was a splendid laugh, a most illustrious laugh, the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what day of the month it is. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. Never mind. I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. Hello! Whoop! Hello here! He was checked in his transports by the churches ringing out the the lustiest peals he had ever heard. Clash, clang, hammer, 
ding dong bell, bell dong ding, hammer clash, clash clang. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the bright window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist, clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, cold, piping for the bloods to dance to, glorious sunlight, the heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air, merry bells, oh, glorious, glorious. What's today? cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in a Sunday clothes, who perhaps had loitered in to look about him returned the boy with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow? Hey. It's Christmas Day! I haven't missed it. Today, the spirits have Christmas done it Day. all in one night. They can do anything if they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow! Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner? Hello! An intelligent boy! A remarkable boy! Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, what, my the buck. What, as big as me? Is it? Go and buy it. It's no, no, now. I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell him to bring it here, what? that Girl. I may give him the direction where to take it. Come back with the man, and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at a trigger who could have got shot off half so fast. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit's, whispered Scrooge, rubbing his hands and spilling with a laugh. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did, somehow, and went downstairs to open the street door, ready for the coming of a poulterer's man. As he stood there, waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. I shall love it as long as I live. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it has in its face. It's a wonderful knocker. Here's the turkey. Hello. Whoop. How are you? Merry Christmas. It was a turkey. He could. He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. He would have snapped him off in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town. You must have a cab. The chuckle with which he said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab and the chuckle with which he recompensed the boy were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again and chuckled till he cried. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention, even when you don't dance while you're at it. But if he had cut the end of his nose off, would have put a piece of sticking plaster over it, and been quite satisfied. He dressed himself in all the best, and last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth, as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded every one with a delighted smile. 
He looked so irresistibly pleasant, in a word, that three or four gold-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir. A Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often backwards, afterwards, that of, a, of all the blithe sounds that he has ever heard, those were the blithiest in his ears. He had not gone far when coming on towards him, he beheld the portly gentleman who he had marked, uh, who, who he had walked into the counting house the day before and said, Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. It sent a pang across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met, but he knew what path lay straight before him and he took it. My dear sir, said Scrooge, quickening his pace as he as taking the old gentleman by both his hands. How do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge. Yes, that is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon. And will you have the goodness? Here Scrooge whispered in his ear. Lord, bless me cried the gentleman, as if his breath were taken away. Uh, my dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? Oh, my dear sir, said the other, shaking his hands with him. Uh, I don't know what to say to such a munif... Don't say uh, anything, please. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank you. I am much obliged to you. I thank you fifty times. Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro, and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He could have never dreamed that any walk, that any thing could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house. He passed a, the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? Scrooge said to the girl. Nice girl, very. Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? He's in the dining room, sir. Along with the mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank you. He knows me, said Scrooge with his hand already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned it gently and siddled his face in round the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in a great array, for these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points and like to see that everything is right. Fred! Dear heart alive, how his niece by marriage started. Scrooge had forgotten for a moment about her sitting in the corner with the footstool, or he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, who's that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I've come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? <laughs> let him in? It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. It was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. 
So did Topper when he came. So did the plump sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful unanimity, wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No, Bob. A quarter past. No, Bob. He was full 18 minutes and a half by his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide door open, wide open. That he might see him come into the tank. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter too. He was on the school stool with it in a jiffy, driving away with his pen, as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge in a custom voice, as near as he could feign it. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir. Uh, I'm behind my time. You are? Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. Uh, it's only once a year, sir. Pleaded Bob, appearing from the tank. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... He continued leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, holding him and calling to the people in the court for help and a strained waistcoat. A Merry Christmas, Bob, said Scrooge with an earnestness that could not be mistaken as he clapped him on the back. A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and indefinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good as a friend, as good a master, as good a man, as good old city, as good the old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them. For he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset, but knowing that such these were the blind anyway, he thought it quite as well that they should wrinkle up their eyes and grins as have the malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed. And that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon the total absence principle. Ever afterwards, it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone.
This concludes the Blue Falcon Theater Company's 2020 reading of A Christmas Carol. We hope you enjoyed this classic story, and we hope you will join us in the spring on Zoom for our production of Clue. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will tune in for future podcasts, where we'll be bringing you updates on future projects for the Blue Falcon Theater Company. Until we meet again, take care and be safe.